This episode of Go Be Wyoming is brought to you by Fly Sheridan. Save time, fly local, fly Sheridan. And welcome back in, Wyoming knuckleheads, to another episode of Go Be Wyo. I'm your host, Aaron Gray, and uh, our guest today is a reoccurring guest, director of the Antelope Butte Foundation, John mm-hmm. Curlin. Howdy. Yeah, back Hello. in the studio. We were, yeah. uh, last time we were in the, uh, what was the Shred Shack? Or the Shred the, Shack yeah. or the Mouse Shack, <laughs> and we all had to get... Some sort of vaccination after that. Yes. <laughs> well, at the time, I don't think, uh, man, that was back like March, March of uh, 2021 or, uh, yeah. let's see. Cause, 20. Yeah, it was 2020. Or I can't remember. I Anyways, I, there was no vaccine at the time. None. Not quite. None. <laughs> and it was outside. I, I don't, I'm not going to yeah. consider that shack an indoor facility. No. There were walls and there's a roof, but that's. That was about it. I don't think that so qualifies it as inside yeah but uh that was with zach and i that was our first time kind of like getting everything off the ground we had nikki there but uh that was actually at antelope butte so yes um we're excited to have you back in and and talk to us about to uh, yeah this upcoming season yes, um and just uh for everyone listening to we've got carter running the board in the cameras and carter mm-hmm. is a frequent traveler to antelope butte so yeah i'd say at least once about every weekend yeah. for the last couple of years i've been up there um Fantastic. actually First time I think I unofficially met John was when I put my car in the ditch opening day uh, <laughs> last year. So, yes, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a blast that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's had good to three cars in the you. ditch on like that weekend last year. Well, I guess I'm happy to say I started it. You nailed off, it. So. Yeah. You're, you you started John's day of pulling people out of the ditch and yeah. opening day. Yeah, he actually just said, eh, you can you can find your way. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Well, and you had it wedged up, like, on one of the delineator posts, so your, like, front end wasn't even touching the ground. No. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the reflector posts got stuck right behind my rear tire and had it all kinds of oh, jacked up. Jacked so. up, and it was, it was wild. How'd you get them out? Oh, we, um combination of trucks and snow cats and yeah Physics. head scratching yeah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> took us a little bit but it's all right the old hands in the pocket um how are we gonna do this here yeah i consider just going snowboarding and then figuring it out at the end of the day but let them handle it just leave it there well, that's, <laughs> that's what sam fam did the uh, um he was number two he came in and yeah he just well ten I'll, I'll just call john at the end of the day and of course, as I'm getting ready to leave, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm stuck way out there. So. Oh well, I'm glad we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's awesome. I didn't know that, Carter. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> Civic's still up and going. So, that's yes, awesome. it could have been a lot worse. Yes, could have. Yeah. Well, and you're okay too. That's yeah. The, I got a snowboard yeah. that day. Got to enjoy opening yeah. day. A little later than expected, but <laughs> that's all right. It was good. Um, Talking about opening day, when can we expect, because the mountains have been getting some snow, when do we ex- expect opening day this year? Um, opening day this year, let me look at my calendar, because okay. I'm stuck in between November and December, and I always say the wrong date for the wrong month. That happens. No, it happens. It's, it's a terrible thing. I actually don't pay attention to calendars anymore in time, because it's just non-existent. Well, you've had a sick kiddo, you know, the yeah. first time we were going to record, you had a sick kiddo, and... Mm-hmm. And then now the other guests are gone because they're sick and then yeah, busy, busy. But <laughs> right now the the tentative opening day is going to be December seventeenth. December seventeenth. That's almost a week or a okay. month. Sorry. Yeah, a month. Month and a half. Yeah. Month and a half. And um, big part of that, you know, we always 
everybody hopes that we can open sooner. Yes. Um, and I, my goals were to try and do maybe something like a, a limited opening around Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but we're still working on the lodge, still doing some of the finished pieces there, and I really don't want to open with porta potties. So we're just and with the snow, it's always hard because um, we don't have any snow making on the hill, so we're reliant totally on what comes naturally. And we usually get some good early season snow, but December has typically always been historically a, a dry month yeah. and to about the second, third week of January. And so what ends up happening is if we open over Thanksgiving, it gets skied off, and then we have to close runs over Christmas break, and then people are, you know, that's that's the, the bread and butter of the season when people have the, the holiday season. So if we are closing runs over the holiday it's just, it's not great. Yeah. So we just, yeah. rather than getting too ahead of ourselves, um, we do a, a better job with just managing the snow that we can get and, and save it. And we, we kind of stockpile it and farm it um, in certain drift areas so we can, in those high um, skier traffic flow areas, we can we can keep that open yeah. um, throughout the, the holiday season. And then when we get into January, especially into February, we start really seeing the weather, then it's, it's fantastic. But yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. No, got to have that base. Yeah. Can't, can't mm-hmm. run the base off and then not have a good, good yeah. season. So, well, okay. So keep praying for more snow is what we're yep. looking for. 17th of December. Um, you kind of hit on a couple things already, but give us a recap of the summer, um, mm-hmm. in this, well, end of spring, summer and fall. Um, you guys, split up you guys split up your summer uh fundraising yep and then uh, you kind of mentioned the lodge so yeah so we had another great summer up there um we had three of our events the the big horn um rea um, summer concert series and those have been a a fun um kind of take on what some of our former events were but just breaking it up into three different weekends of concerts and um beer sales merchandise we had uh, the kids tent with you know arch and crafts things like that where we could do like face painting and tie-dyeing that was actually a pretty big hit with the kids they really enjoyed doing that and yeah just a, a cool thing cool vibe to come up on the mountain surrounded by wildflowers and wildlife and sitting in you know fun valley up there and having music having libations camping was free and it was a really cool turnout. We had a couple, actually, we had weather, uh, two out of the three of them. The the June event, it rained a ton, but and it was kind of chilly, but that was the Brewfest event, too. And people, anytime I've been to Brewfest and the weather still, people are actually almost come out more. Yep. And and the chili beer will always win a brew fest if it's going to be raining. <laughs> yes. Everybody's like, oh yeah, eight percent chili beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they need just, to stay warm. It's yeah, cold out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and they all flock and they all cuddle around these small brewer tents, and it's it's kind of fun. Um, and then our what's it? Our last event we had some weather too, and it. Mm-hmm. It came in. It was it was wild, and I, I felt so bad because um, we had the two tracks up there, local group, and they're fantastic. They play fantastic music, and they they're they're truly pros at it. And this is the second time we've had them up there for one of these events, and they got rained out. Get rained out. <laughs> and I, and uh, but and in good nature and good fun, they just kept going because what happened is the the power went out, and so I'm running around frantically 
while trying to figure, well, was it our, our breaker? Did we trip something? And was it the sound guys? Was it some of their equipment? And so the two tracks being the pros they were, instead of just stopping, they kind of continued playing, thinking, well, we'll get the power right back up. And yeah. they'll do their thing while we do our thing. Um, well, the power went out all over the entire mountain. Right. <laughs> it was, yeah. And so it was just like, okay, this is beyond our control. But they were they were good sports. And as soon as I knew that we had no power, there were people kind of still in the crowd. I just got up to the stage and just waved them all down. So the crowd just came down to the stage and huddled around, and they just played acoustic for another probably 45 minutes there in the rain. And people were drinking beer and dancing in the mud. And it was, it was a lot more of an intimate, true experience. So awesome. people are going to remember that probably more than they would have if the power stayed on the sun was shining yeah yeah that's cool no that's awesome that's great yeah. great to hear because i know you guys were this was different you know COVID made it mm -hmm. uh, the summer different because usually it's one big event right yeah or we one used big to do weekend. yeah we used to do one big weekend and so last summer the summer of 2020 that's when everything was shutting down and we had um um limits to outdoor gatherings and right. stuff like that and Everybody's closing down because with a big event, your your hard costs, entertainment, vendors, things like that, staffing, they don't go away. But if you cap the amount of people that can come, your revenue gets cut into a third. And yeah. so that's why everybody was closing. And it's like not because they couldn't, they didn't want to do it. It's just because the calculator said no. Yeah, yeah. And we just, we scratched our heads and we actually, our board voted to just say, well, we can't do this. We've, we've got to cancel as well. I let it sit overnight and we just came back and we said, no, actually we've got to, we've got to keep going on, do something. So we kind of chopped our, our budget from one big event, spread it over four events in 2020 and then had those caps and actually made it a little bit more of a logistical ease because we had limits. And so people were, you know, they had to buy and get them in advance, get tickets in advance. Right. Um, so it actually, on that side, is like, oh, we know exactly how many people we're going to have up here. Um, sometimes when it's open-ended and true Wyoming nature, no one decides to go until the day of. And so right. when you're planning any kind of event like that, it's just a nightmare. You're like, well, how many T-shirts should we have? How many beer vendors? How many of this and that? And when you show up at an event last minute and you don't plan for that, like our brew fest this year, we, we ran out of cups. Um, so we ended up just start getting out plastic cups just because we had a bunch of, you know, 150 people show up that we didn't count on. Right. And so, um, this year though, everybody else kind of caught on to the, the COVID wave and like how to kind of do some of these events and with, you know, the, the regulations being lessened and loosened, all of a sudden everybody was doing an event again and so we had to kind of think creatively on that and compete against stuff. At, you know, there were four other events going on within the three surrounding counties of us, every single one of our events. Yeah. And so, and trying to book artists and sound guys, I had to run sound actually in the middle event because there wasn't a professional sound person um, available and sound crew within a 300 mile radius because right. they were all booked out wow. and they were actually split up. And a lot of them were doing like three events between their organizations those days. So it's like, oh, everybody's back to work. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, I talked to our porta potty guys and they said this summer was the biggest they've ever had. They've out of 20 years being in the business, and they've never done this in many events. And I so believe. this um, 2021 summer was actually kind of chaos. 
And so we're looking at different options now. We um, kind of always fine tuning, you know, riding that wave and, you know, trying to stay up on our feet on the board, if you will. And so trying to catch the break before it actually breaks. Um, right. So looking at other options, we might go back to a couple of large, like just a brew fest and then a, a three day festival, but then having every weekend up there, you know, maybe still doing a, a smaller concert series. So sure. something that's not trying to be a, a thousand people showing up, but maybe a hundred people showing up and doing a little bit more intimate. And we, we built actually a smaller, um, stage over by the, the base of the summit lift and kind of geared that for like wedding ceremonies and smaller, more intimate events like that. So cool. Yeah. Looking, always looking for kind of the next thing and what, what are the, what's the community want to do yeah. when they're participating up there. I would second just, you know, the, <clears throat> when everyone was starting back up in the events, I think you hit it on the head of, you've got to be different and you've got to be intimate, you know, it just can't yeah. be an event to be an event. Like people aren't going to go cause they're, yeah. they're going to have four options and it's right. like, well, I'm going to go to, you know, a live acoustic concert, you know, or mm-hmm. we're going to book a wedding or, or a small party up there instead of, you know, just doing it to do it. So, yeah, um, that's exciting. Well, we'll definitely, be, yeah, that'll be exciting to see this, this summer, what you guys want to do. So, yeah, so. I'm, I'm, I'm already reaching out to some, some big, bigger names. That's kind of where I'd, I'd like to go with it. Um, especially since we've been bringing on some help on our team and taking some of the other hats off my head per se. Nice. Um, it allows me to kind of start looking at some of these things that we've been doing for a while and that really are kind of my, in my wheelhouse and I can reach out to my, my former connections and yeah. say, Hey, this, this large name artist, can we get you up here? And maybe we, we really kind of blow it out. Bring, we'll, we'll bring back the, uh, the Trails End Museum used to do those big concert series. Mm-hmm. Man, right. Antelope, yeah. Antelope Butte would be a way prettier place to oh, do it man. at. Yeah. I mean, Antelope is pretty in the winter, but yeah, you go the up there this summer, yeah. man. It's it's really hard to beat. Yeah, so that that's kind of that's on the radar for sure. Got any cool. names? Yeah. Got, got any scoops? Can we get some? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Keeping that close to the chest there. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Um, let's see here. Um, so this is the fourth year operating. Correct. Kind of hit on a couple things already, but as we were talking before we started recording, so there's. Um, with some new runs done, yep, we're hoping thirty new runs total. We got right now thirty total runs on the mountain right now um, that were that are on the map that have a number assigned to them. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I just placed the order a couple of weeks ago for those signs. Perfect. Number and <laughs> number and names. Um. Yeah, number and names. We still have out of those thirty, we actually have one that's still available. Um, I can't even remember which number it is. Um, but what we've been doing is doing, you know, sponsors or donations for naming rights of these runs and anywhere from $15,000 to $100,000. We've got one more, um, and it's kind of based off the, the intensity level of the run, you know, or is it a top to bottom and length of the run? And so that's kind of a, a couple of different factors that cause the pricing of that. We've got one more that is available at $100,000. And then actually um, what we're getting ready to launch here is run number 31. And which oh, cool. will be a, it's just kind of a lower catwalk that connects some of the, um, like Sue's Moose and Ashley's Alley and Fast Eddie, some of that far um, kind of Western side, that catwalk there, we're, we're going to open it up to a, a community vote. 
And oh. so the community will have the opportunity to pick names on this. I mean, they'll have to be kind of family friendly. We have parameters, things like that. But, you know, if you're familiar with that, that Bodie McBoke face campaign that went on yes. in, in the UK about <laughs> naming this boat and the name was hilarious. And then the one that actually won in the community was Bodie McBoatface. And then the, the government said, no, we're not naming our $1 billion boat, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> but you don't foresee that happening with Antelope Butte? <laughs> um, we'll have a little bit more flexibility in that regard. Um, but certain things, and we have to follow certain rules with the Forest Service on things like sure. that. Um, but we're actually, we're going to get ready to launch the, the campaign soon. And we'll have it open for a few weeks where people, you know, you donate 50 bucks and you can submit a name. Gotcha. You can submit X amount, however many amount of names, but it costs $50 to have a name in the running. Gotcha. And then... Each name's 50 bucks. Yeah. And gotcha. then after that, what we will do is we will compile all the names and they have to obviously meet the parameters. If you submit a name for 50 bucks and it's jerky mcjerk face um we thank you for your 50 dollar contribution yes. that's not making the list <laughs> yeah love it um but then after that we will then open up the the list to um all the public for a vote and then it's ten dollars per vote cool and so if you have a name that makes it in and you spent your 50 bucks then get all your friends on hey we're gonna all vote for steve's leg yeah. <laughs> 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks. And then, yeah, and then total number of votes wins. I love it. Nice. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the basis of the campaign for for trail number, I believe, 31. 31. There you go. So, so will that be open by this season? or? Um, yeah, the, it should be. So we, in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, it's at the time of this, it's the November 3rd. We hope to launch this here in the next couple of weeks and then have voting all said and done by December 11th. Oh, wow. So yeah, quickly, so very quickly. quickly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking you guys could do it if, if people were up at like skiing and they could do it mm -hmm. up there um, yeah. too, but okay, that's cool. Um, if you have ties, I was thinking like with basketball season, like if, if there are names that are tying, then you could do like brackets, you know, oh, that'd, that'd be cool. You know, so anyways, just, yeah. just a thought that'd be mm -hmm. kind of cool. Get some competition going. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the cool thing is, is we've got a lot of, opportunity up there we've been jumping into our master development plan because now that we've got the area kind of back to what it once was mm -hmm. now as we apply for a long-term forest service permit we also will submit a master development plan and so we've had a survey out and we've been reaching out to stakeholders in the community of like what do you want to see on the mountain currently we have a 500 acre um, permit that we sit on and the um we actually have that 500 acres, only 250 of those are skiable. And so there's potential to cut in more lines, more runs there. So there'll be more naming opportunities in that regard. And so it's kind of fun there. What we hope to do is actually grow that 500 into about a 1500 acre permit area wow. and expand just kind of the, the, the south side of us, the sunny side, and then maybe even across the highway, but that's up to the, the community and the, right. the government to, to see what that looks like. But yeah, there's there's a lot of potential growth and opportunity. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's no, exciting. Yeah, that's yeah. almost, if, if it went to that, that's what, uh, that's triple, quadruple what yeah. you guys have now. So yeah. that'd be amazing. Um, 
on the name thing I was thinking of, uh, I'm glad you guys aren't doing it like the Washington football team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gosh, they always, they, like, they come up with the Tim names. I'm like, who the frick is coming up with these names? Yeah. So I'm glad you guys are going to go community I, I, I think they just need to just call it the Washington football team and just I be agree. done with it. Like, yeah. You've already, cool. you've already got the branding now. It just, no one else is that. Just do that. Well, and yeah. I think that's their plan. I think yeah. they put nine really bad ones out there, and they're like, well, we could still be the Washington football team. It's like, well, your nine <laughs> options are terrible. So, yeah, so I'd hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, talked about that. Carter, is there anything you thought of to ask him? Uh, if someone was wanting to take their family up there, how do you how do you get to Antelope Butte? How do you get there? So first thing would be, you know, probably check out the website. Um, we just relaunched um, and kind of redid our website Um as of two days ago. Um, so go to www. Do I even have to say that anymore? People know you just, you just type it in. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm old. We can even do HTTP. <laughs> no, just go don't to, don't confuse the yeah. youth, John, cause they're not going to know the forward backwards. Yeah. They know. Yeah. Um, just go to antelopebutte.org and that we've got a great landing page there and you can learn either about the foundation, but you can also see stuff for buying tickets, season passes, punch cards. We just launched our punch cards online. Um, some of the things that we're doing a little differently this year is we're going to encourage people to pre-buy their passes and lift tickets and rentals and lessons. Um, so we, um, to incentivize that, our ticket prices will actually are... Um, be $6 cheaper if you buy online than if you go and walk up on the window. And same thing with rentals, things like that. Um, because we we got to kind of plan for the, the folks that are coming up. Yes. And especially getting the, the rentals and the, the lessons set up, being able to know how much we have and be able to truly serve our guests to the, the best of our ability. And so that's kind of the, the reason why we're doing that. And then... On there, you'll see maps and um, directions. We'll have a, a drop-down menu that has links for the current weather report. Um, we'll have some of our staff that will be up there 24-7 to be able to help um, give us updates on snow reports. That's been a hard thing as everybody's calling me first thing in the morning. Hey, what's the weather? I'm like, well, I'm in Sheridan. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> because we haven't had occupancy in the lodge yet, so not able to live up there. There are times I would be, and we'd be in a camper that's not meant for winter camping and stuff. But right. And then connectivity is always really hard up there. Um, so being able to truly get that out has been something that we, we've been working on really hard, but it's just we can't provide the connectivity and the, the data that – the community kind of expects because everywhere else when you're running 5g networks and broadband up there i'm just kind of sending smoke signals from one side of the mountain to the other <laughs> yeah. and, and hoping that it's a clear day um, right. so um yeah but getting on our website getting on our socials um uh, we'll be launching a couple of new social platforms as well some stuff specifically for the the mountain recreation area you know some of the things we're looking at some some cool content like um, send it sunday and um, some feature Fridays where we'll um, use user content. And if you want to be featured on our social page and doing a, a backflip or something like that, send us your videos and your, your Insta links and stuff like that. And so getting more people involved with that, um, just that stoke up on the hill. Very cool. That sounds awesome. It sounds exciting. Um, on that same question, uh, they can go to the website and learn about the mission of Antelope Butte. Correct. But why would a family want to go to Antelope Butte? Or why would you want a family to consider going to Antelope Butte? 
Well, it's just a it's a great, safe, fun environment for the the whole family. You know, if if you've never done it before, you can go up there as a, a youth or uh, you know an old timer and try out uh, a set of rentals and lesson and get on the sun kid there on the carpet lift and just have a great learning experience and be able to um, try that. Um, if your kids go out and rip and you just don't have the the passion or even the desire to go out and rip with them or the energy to rip with them, we've got other options up there. Um, we've got our Nordic trails, so we've got cross-country skiing there, fat biking, snowshoeing availabilities and stuff like that. We're going to be in the lodge this season, so that's going to be huge. And so you'll be able to sit in a warm dry space next to a fire um we've got our malt beverage permit so that's really exciting so you'll be able to purchase um beer up there we won't we're not going to do the whiskey drinks yet <laughs> <laughs> too soon too, too soon. soon until maybe i have like real lodging up there yeah. i'm not i don't really want to push the the hard alcohol yes um it's a it's kind of a long sketchy drive if you're in the dark yep. no thanks yep yep awesome no that was great cool. that was mm-hmm. a great explanation there John, you kind of hit on a couple already, but what were some of the biggest challenges uh, this last summer, and then what are some of the challenges you guys see this this season? I mean, our biggest challenge is is always going to be the proximity to the population. We are we're sixty five miles away from Sheridan, we're forty some miles away from Dayton, and same thing from Graybull, twenty miles out of Shell, and we're in rural northern Wyoming in the middle of a mountain range. So connectivity, communications is always kind of a, a challenge for us. Right. There's there's no phone lines up there. There's no broadband internet. There's none of that stuff that the modern world is using to operate on. You know, people are using their cell phones to buy stuff and talk to people and do all that. And I'm not able to really provide that type of service. We're we're getting closer. We're looking at ways that the state can be involved and the federal government can be involved because it has become a a demand as a public utility to have that kind of connectivity and it's a safety issue um when yeah. people are recreating up there um getting stuck on a reflector pole yeah, getting, <laughs> getting your vehicle stuck and we've gone out we've um we'll get calls um our, our ski patrol is fantastic and they go out and not just on our area but we had some snowmobilers come in off the trail last year um there was a guy he's probably 20 miles away from us but went into um having a heart attack and we were able to get a, a helicopter via our um, dispatch and go out and help them right. and send our people out there and do that. So the what having us up there does is it does facilitate more safe options for folks, but it doesn't mean that you can just, oh, go up there willy-nilly and expect there's going to be in 10 minutes an ambulance or something like right, that. Right. Anytime, you know, an ambulance is still an hour away. From time of incident, if we hear it from time we actually hear and make the call, an ambulance is going to be about an hour away. And so challenges is absolutely that. It's that proximity piece sure. and uh, the connectivity. Um, but we're finding ways around that. You know, we, we use some kind of residential, they're not even business-rated satellites because there aren't anything available for us right now in that regard but so we're just using something like a residential satellite that a cabin owner would put on their cabin to get some basic internet connection and we run a a voice over ip just so we can have a phone line there and then we use radios for with the um, bighorn county dispatch to be able to do our safety pieces but those are 
those are always going to be our, our biggest challenges there. Sure. Um, the folks that want to come up and do multi-days, things like that, we don't have the infrastructure in place yet for lodging and even really overnight camping. Um, we, with our summer events and certain things, we, we draw permits that allow us to do kind of um, rough or um, kind of really rustic dry camping, but we don't actually have true campground facilities, things like that. Right. That's something that we're looking at with our master development plan is implementing that. Um, so yeah, the, the access to lodging, you know, the closest would be um, Elkview, Arrowhead and Bear Lodge or down in Shell, there's some vacation rentals and things like that or the Grey Bowl or um, the yeah. Shell campground, things like that. So as we as we move into the future we're we're definitely cognizant of those challenges and we want we want people to be able to safely recreate up there and be able to do it not just for eight hours at a time and then they got to go leave and so we want we want to keep people to truly get the full experience that they want up there sure and so yeah looking at ways to be able to provide that yeah no that's wonderful and i think uh you're right, because like uh, Pure Energy did a staff appreciation day mm-hmm. last year, and I was there, and there were these guys from, I think they said they're from Casper and Gillette, and um, and I'm just thinking like, man, you know, and I think they spent the night at Bear Lodge or something, but yeah, um, th- th- there's that opportunity of they they'd like they'd love to stay probably for a weekend, totally, um, and so no, that's uh, that's great. Um, what would you say your guys is since you've been the director or just the four years mm-hmm. of operating for Antelope Butte? What is what has been the successes? that antelope has seen, you know, four years is pretty young, you know, that's, oh, yeah. and it's especially going infancy. through a pandemic, you know, so, but what are, you know, we talked about some challenges, but what have been some successes that you guys have, have seen? I'd say our, our biggest successes have just been the, the integration and implementation, implementation of, um, like our youth programs and getting programming our lessons and just catered solely to the youth, but for the family involved, because we know that if you're going to bring a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old up, you're also coming up with them. And so how can we provide a full family experience on that? And so really taking a a conscious effort and look at how to be intentional about that whole family experience, Um, keeping our prices as low as we can. Obviously the world, the shape that it's in, inflation, it's it's a real thing. And so trying to get affordable housing for staffing, things like that, We've, we've been really strategic in how we um, hire and recruit folks and just so we can keep the cost as low as we can for the families. Um, but then also some of the wins that we've had is the community and uh, the stakeholders, donors that come in and help subsidize those costs for those families that can't afford it. Yeah. And so having that model in place for that availability allows us to go to some of these other schools and these families that would, they've never been past you know acme right kind of deal and now we're getting them up on a bus on a mountain into something that could change their life forever yes um so that that's i'd say our biggest win is getting that that level of impact and influence and introduction to all user groups um yeah modifying with the the things that we have you know (laughs) last year's um heated 
porta potties. I'd say that's one of our big wins. Yes, that yeah, was, those were. Yeah, that was <laughs> the irony of having heated toilets in a walk-in freezer. <laughs> <laughs> got to do what you got to do. do but, and it and it worked out. It, it really worked did, out, yes. and you know that's just kind of been the nature of how we've been running. Is just we we're not going to be able to be perfect, right? Um, but we want to serve at the best level that we can and we want to overserve as much as we can. And so with the things, the resources that we have available to us, we're thinking about every aspect from when you're pulling in and I have to pull you out of the ditch or <laughs> to when you're getting your tickets and what's that line looking like to what's the restroom look like. You know, the restroom is truly the face of any organization. Yes. If if you go into that restroom, especially mom or grandma go into that restroom and it's gross they're probably not coming back. Right. And so trying to think of all of those little things that are going to add up to a successful, wonderful experience for the guests because we're here for that. If the guests aren't coming up, I'm out of a job. All yep. our folks are out of a job. And so we, we truly want to serve as best we can up there. Um, so, yeah, just that's kind of been some of our wind is just getting that introduction, getting people in, introduced to it, and just providing – different levels of opportunity and experience for people up there so they can do it as a group, as a family, and then trying to, you know, work with every resource that we have to overserve our guests. Love Very it. cool. Yeah. yeah. Great answer. Um, so you talked about your new punch cards. Yes. Um, and then, so just walk us through like prices of what a, just a day pass um, and then maybe a season pass would cost you. Yeah. So I'll just go off of just kind of the, the adult passes right now that yeah. I have in, on top of my brain. Um, so an adult pass, um, if you buy online, is going to be $46 for a day pass. And we will have a cutoff, you know, a 24-hour window there. And so then if you buy that online, you're basically reserving your ticket, and you can go up to the ticket window. We'll have a will call specifically for that. Um then you can get your actual physical ticket. The reason why we're doing that is we're phasing into probably what will be an RFID system. Yep. So all the other resorts are doing that where you have a scanner and you can get your card and then you can just reload your card. We're on phase one of that with a, a, a new company that we've been working with this year. Um, the hardware, we didn't have the availability and the infrastructure to be able to go full bore with this system yet. And we didn't quite know how it was going to work. So we're kind of doing a, a hybrid. But like I said, $46 adult, um, full-day ticket. Otherwise, if you do a walk-up, it's going to be $52. Yep. Um, you can still come in, do that. But just a little bit of an increase there, um, mostly for us to drive traffic to the, the pre-sales. Mm -hmm. And then uh, season pass right now, um, right now the adult is at $400. It'll go on December 1st. It'll go up to 460 okay. And we kind of, most resorts will kind of, Basically, 10 days of their full-day lift ticket price is kind of what most resorts will do for their pass. That's what I've seen. And we're still cheaper than just about anywhere in the, um, the region. Yeah, um, certainly. Yes, yes. definitely. Yes. <laughs> several of these other places are 100 to $300, $500. You know, I was looking at Bridger, and we don't have the terrain like Bridger and the, the population like Bridger, but... They're a thousand bucks, yeah, yeah, for a season pass. So we we still are trying to be as affordable and accessible as possible there. Then our punch cards, they're kind of that that hybrid in between. So you get five um, 
use is and you just come up anytime that you want to use it we don't have any blackout dates on that and it's you'll get if you buy the the punch pass you'll actually get five dollars off per day off of that um so we've got them priced out for an adult 205 and so that's at 41 dollars per day so it's actually you're getting a discount there and then if you were to that you're you're also saving even more um, because if you were to just do those random days as walk-ins, those would be at fifty-two dollars. So you're you're saving yourself um, what nine dollars per day. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so it's 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 a good option for folks that want to do that, and it's also become a great um, for gift cards. The families oh, that are like, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to do all ten days, all or, ten days, yep. or use to feel like I'm justifying a, a season pass, but I could probably do five, and and you can also you know use them for yeah stocking stuffers things like yep, that yeah very cool so that's awesome those are the kind of the the different pricing options that we have and we we've, we've got them all displayed now on our website and we're kind of um pushing them out now on our social sites and stuff like that so cool. wonderful and then did i see last year where you guys had an option for maybe some businesses wanting to get involved uh for yes. the business lift tickets absolutely so we do um thanks for bringing that up we've got a corporate pass option and the way that is set up is um, kind of based off of the, the size of your company. Um, if you have 10 or fewer employees, it's um, 500 bucks per pass. Well, actually, for any, it's across the board, 500 bucks per pass, but it's a transferable within your organization. So um, you can have, you know, if you have some guests come in or multiple staff that are on your team and want to go up, they can use it. Um, but what they do is they'll go up to the window present the pass, get in exchange for a lift ticket that day. That way okay. I don't have like 20 people showing up. Hey, here's our ticket. You know, we, we write down the number and just to keep it keep honest track. there. Yep. Um, yep. But it, it, um, it's been a great perk that we've seen some of these organizations that have been on board with it. They, they had waiting lists like um, First Federal Bank, for example. They, they had all their passes that they use, all six of them were used every single weekend, every single day which was pretty cool wow. to see. Yeah. And so it, it's a great perk for your team members. But like I said, it's kind of based off of your, the size of your organization. There's a minimum of two-pass purchase with a 10 and under, and then a four-pass purchase for 11 to 49. And then if you got 50 or more employees, it's a minimum of six passes. And then you can add on more than that sure. if you want. Um, but, yeah, it's a great option. Or if you're bringing in, you know, maybe looking at recruiting someone and talking about that sustainability piece and why it's cool to live here and recruit and retain great employees. Well, bring them in, show them the stuff we have at the town, talk to them at the the breweries and then take them up on the mountain for a day. That's an option that you can do is you just bring your, your punch card or your pass there and you get exchanged there and get them hooked. Nice. Yeah, good pitch there. That was good. I didn't know yeah. you guys offered that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah pretty sure. sweet. Yeah, that's great. First, yeah, they had all their passes used every weekend. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. My mom actually works at First Fed, so I think awesome. a couple times at the beginning of the year she asked me if I wanted to use them, <laughs> but after that it was no go. They were they were, they were spoken taken. for. Yeah. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if you have a business that has a few skiers in it, feel free to yep. yeah. get or the like John, pass. Or like John mm-hmm. said, if you're trying to recruit somebody or if yep. you've got guests in town, like that, what a great – you know, usually it's the golf thing, right? Go take them to the golf course. But, you know, if it's yeah. wintertime, you know, go take them up to take Antelope Hill. Yeah. There you go. Um, that's awesome. Nice flexible option. Um, John, before I ask this last question, is there anything else you want to pitch on 
um, or mention since we've got you on here because we will. This probably will be released at the end of November, right? Uh, yep. December. So okay. So one thing that we're going to have coming up um, December 11th is we're going to have a, a kind of a season kickoff party. Uh, the name to be announced. What is the name? It's uh, it was like the Butte Scoot and Boogie or something okay. like that. Butte, Scoot, I saw that. We're still working on that, but by the time this comes nope, out, it'll be probably yeah. Yeah, Butte Scoot and Boogie. I've got funny Just memories kidding, of that song. <laughs> we won't hold you to that name. But um, December 11th at Welcome Market Hall, we're going. It's going to be kind of a, a fun fundraiser for some of our annual fundraising. We're going to have some um, silent auctions, probably some live auctions. We've got some live entertainment. Chad Lord from Casper's coming up, and he's a great um, one-man band solo awesome. entertainer. He's almost more of a comedy show, and he's also a brilliant musician. But he'll he'll keep you laughing and dancing all night long. Love it. And so we've got that coming up and just downstairs Market yeah. Hall okay yeah. December 11th it's going to be a, it's going to be a party uh, a good fun time to just kind of kick off the season and then get ready for opening day wonderful very cool awesome so December 11th and then we're fingers crossed 17th Correct. so that works out great um, so my last question John is you kind of hit on a couple of these but in the next five years where do you see Antelope Butte and like what's the goal for Antelope Butte in the next five years oh man that's that's good I mean, there's there's dreams, then there's goals, and then there's real. Um, <laughs> Give me the dreams. Give me the dream. <laughs> well, we've had all sorts of dreams. <laughs> um, but realistically, and goals that we're looking for is, A, have our, our long-term permit in place and our master development plan um, approved within the, the look at expansion really into um, some year-round infrastructure pieces. So our parking and making that a better um, situation for year round. We've, we've, over the last seasons, we've learned that our parking lots are already too small. And so we're going to need to do some improvements there and create a better parking situation, but not just for winter, but getting into the summer use. Um, having um, some campground type um, infrastructure, so possibly some RV hookups, maybe not full hookups, but at least um, having power availability and um, water and do a couple RV pads or something like that, plus um, car camping options and then some more restroom facilities throughout, um, probably like some vault toilets like that. Yep. And then the big thing is um, summer um, rec infrastructure, so like mountain bike trails and oh, awesome. things like that. We, we really want to get into some, some lift service um, mountain biking options on the mountain, but that's probably going to require a whole nother lift. Um, we are looking at those, and there's already um, in the previous master development plan that Emerson had, and he already, when they closed, he had already purchased the lift, and it was sitting there ready to go on the west side of the mountain. But when everything closed, that got auctioned off to another area. And so, but we're kind of piggybacking off of that and what all the work that he'd already done, and he's actually on our planning committee um, with that because he's got just a wealth of knowledge there. But really looking at what does the, the true year-round sustainability piece look like, how... How can we get those folks that are driving from the Black Hills to Yellowstone with a whole rack of bikes on to stop mm -hmm. and to use the spot and to use it appropriately? Um, having a, a designated space for them that's safe and where they're not going to get into a lot of, you know, uh, multi-use scenarios that could be potential hazards. You know, we don't want... Uh, 
a side-by-side ripping around on downhill mountain bike trails. Yes. Because that just causes issues. But we also don't want mountain bike trails to be ripping down onto grazing land to cause safety issues. And because we also have grazing permits up there and things like that. And, you know, what's the time frame? It's also hunting access in there. So are we going to run throughout the, the whole summer and to the fall during, you know, hunting camp time? And that's so just some of those logistics. But still being able to provide some of those pieces to at least open the door for um, sustainable yet planned use. Yeah. And Love I mean, it. I must say you guys would be the first in our area, at least, to offer that mountain biking mm-hmm. and skiing in the winter, Yeah, um, you know, that dual purpose. And I've seen it up at Big Sky, and they've actually – gathered decent sized mountain biking community and it's Mm -hmm. like i went there on closing day for the mountain biking and it was just packed and it was really really cool so yeah it's a a fun opportunity and with with weather patterns and you don't know what you can't control and you so um but being able to have options for the recreation and the education and the training to take place up there to stay true to our mission and have a, a place designated for that, for that planned use and that, that availability. Um, the beauty is if, if we can plan it out appropriately, because we're still on public land, we're still in there, so there's, we're not going to see big condos and blown out um, real estate up there. It's still going to be... Uh, pretty intimate environment right and so but it's also going to allow us to you know get into some of that tourism vibe where people are going to come in and enjoy but they're also going to they're going to go on about their way they're going to continue on to the yellowstone they're going to continue over to jackson or vice versa but it's it it allows people to truly experience this in a in an intentional manner yep I think the theme you've hit on is is experience you know we want yeah. it to be an experience you know they're already mm-hmm. traveling through um and then you know that the goals there is just be year-round you know we're open all the time come experience yeah. this area and um so that's wonderful yeah giving them a, giving them a place to stop yep. um giving them some options you know someone like i said i drive that road all the time and i see these campers or family units with bike racks and things on them that just driving right on by and then we all wonder why the the windows in some of the stores are all boarded up. It's not because it wasn't profitable. It's just because the family is tired and there was no one to take over afterwards. Yep. And so having a, a reason for someone to want to take over a family restaurant or business or gas station or things like that, and because there's going to be traffic coming through right. and then or someone that's willing man i might just move here and take that on because i hate the city yeah this this is great i love this out here things like that i'm um, looking for true economic diversification and that experience and wyoming has always been a you know an extraction state where we have been heavy on extracting natural resources and minerals and things like that and it it puts bread and butter on everybody's table in here and so however the way the the political culture is or that's just the way things are going we're we're not as um dependent on that or we aren't becoming as dependent on that but one thing that wyoming truly has is those experiences and people are still extracting those 
but at lesser um, physical cost to our natural resources. People can go in, they can take their photo, they can have fun, they can do that. They are now extracting a good time from Wyoming. Yep. And so we're, we're still always going to be in the extraction industry. Yeah. Yeah, just in a different way. Yeah. Love it. I would just like to end with December 11th, Market Hall yes. for the big fundraiser. O- opening days, hopefully December 17th. Um, everything's online, and John would recommend just go online and make it easier anyways. Yes. Um, if you're a big skier or snowboarder, I would imagine you do that anyways with your those chips and your, your you yeah. Know, just might as well do that because then if you're... Yeah, that's, that's the way people yeah. do things. You, yeah. That's the way commerce happens now. Yep. yep. So we're, we're trying to make that happen for you too. Very Love cool. it. <laughs> well, John, thanks for stopping by. Thanks we're, for having me. We're glad to have Antelope Butte in studio. So yes. um, we're hoping for a great, uh, great season. And uh, yeah, be careful. It might be hot. <laughs> e- E.T. <laughs> yeah, E.T. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. No, E.T. you're good. <laughs> all right. Elliot. <laughs> Sorry. Sweet. But that's all we have. So thanks, John. Thank you for having me. Cheers.